Worship in the World, a screen-free worship experience is brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us virtually today. for Holy Interruption. Hello 
another downtown church. This is Chad Alexander. It's kind of weird. It's normally when I'm grabbing a cup of coffee, saying hello to somebody, and I don't really get the chance to do it. And it's it seems so foreign to me now because it's been so long ago that I got the opportunity to do that. It's nice, though, just being able to come together in a church, no matter, no matter what it is, and, and like this now, to be able to share that things are going fine. We've got our struggles trying to deal with issues with our kids and find the right schools and, and figuring out all that. But, but you know, we, we do seem to be pretty blessed with things in our family. I'm, um, I'm happy to report that uh, my wife and I have not had an issue with our jobs, and we're, we're pretty happy about that. But we're certainly taking our time trying to help out those in our neighborhood and some other folks figure out what they need to do to get by from, from one point to the next. I know it's something that we're all trying to do, and I don't know if we've heard from you, but know that we're here because you're our church family. We love you, and we're praying for you, whether we hear from you or not. Can't wait for that day for us to be able to talk again face-to-face. I'm reading in scripture from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 1, verses 23 through 26. Just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent, come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. The title of today's sermon is, Jesus Ain't Scared, Y'all. Jesus Ain't Scared, Y'all. This last Tuesday, a young woman was singing in the sanctuary space of Central Energy. I was squirreled away upstairs in my office, books open, ready to write, and her voice took up the whole space. It bounced off of the walls and the ceiling panels, and she sang a melody of a popular song I never quite placed, and she was good. The choices she made to make the song her own were good. It was creative. It wasn't forced. It wasn't asked for. It just was. She was doing busy work while she sang. She was there with her dad cleaning up the space, and it was clear that, w- that it was clear what she was doing, but the work was like an afterthought to her presence, to her voice. In that moment, my anxiety of my to-do list and, you know, the underlying concerns about living in a pandemic world, they all just went away. Her voice cut through it all. And I found myself just appreciating her for who she was in reality, a, a stranger. I felt connected to her through her singing because I could sense that she was happy to be alive to be making noise, especially in our acoustically balanced place. 
Jesus, Jesus is able to do what that young woman's voice did for me, cut through all our most pressing emotions, our, our worries, our anxieties, our sadness, sometimes all at once. Jesus can cut through all of that to honor the being, the human before him, the human that Jesus wants to connect with. It's as if he's saying to this man in the synagogue, hey, I I need that unclean spirit to leave so that I can be with you. That, that unclean spirit, in other translations, some people have said it's a evil force or a demon. That, Jesus says, that has got to go so that we can be together. In verse 23, it says, Just then there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. The man was with an unclean spirit. He wasn't the unclean spirit. He was not defined by this spirit, though the spirit is what presents itself first. Speaking out to Jesus in verse 24, it says, What do you have to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One. Of God. We don't even know the name of this man, but we learn a whole lot about this spirit that is with him. It's a fearful spirit. Have you come to destroy us? It's a paranoid spirit. What have you to do with us? It's a posturing spirit. I know who you are. So as to say, you can't do anything to me. This unclean spirit is an energy, and it's so prevalent in this man that it comes forward first, confronting Jesus. It exposes itself, fearful, paranoid, posturing. And Jesus isn't having it. Be silent, Jesus says, verse 25, come out of him. Jesus isn't scared of this spirit as others in the synagogue are. We know others are scared in the synagogue. The narrator of this gospel is scared because they label him as different. He's in their synagogue. He's with an unclean spirit. But Jesus doesn't allow the with to account for the whole of the man. Jesus isn't scared of this spirit. He names what is happening. He calls the spirit out. He sets apart from the man that spirit because Jesus wants to get to know him. Jesus calls out that negative energy, the paranoia, you know, the the fear, the posturing. And the spirit obeys. It leaves the man's body, not willingly. It's convulsing and crying out, but it comes out of the man. And we don't get to see what's left behind. The verses that follow are about how the crowd responds. And I'm wondering, what about the man? Does he tell Jesus, thank you? Does he look into Jesus' eyes, grateful that someone could see beyond his fear and paranoia and posturing to see him? I wonder about what Jesus did next. Did he look him in the eye, the man in the eye, and perhaps no words were spoken because their eye contact acknowledged the worth of one another? Human beings made in the image of God whole having all we need to be connected and yet plagued by these spirits, these negative energies that keep us apart.
in this time when everything normal has been shaken, I find myself wondering what energies Jesus would call out of me. I mean, they have surfaced this year, you know, in our great year of the Lord 2020. I, I've had some fear, fear that I won't know the right thing to say or I won't know the right way to lead, fear that my identity is all wrapped up in things that are rapidly changing out of my control. Who am I, really, when all of that goes away? Who are you? I've intentionally not preached this text before because I am very, very aware of the minefield one finds themselves in when they are preaching about demons or the devil or evil forces. I haven't wanted to touch it because I've been afraid about how I might be misinterpreted, misunderstood, and yet denying that evil exists, that I know isn't faithful. Evil exists. I see it easily in cancer, in murder, in deceit and broken relationships that keep us from honoring each other the way God intended. And resisting this message in scripture, the message of liberation from those evil forces that Jesus offers us, that's, well, that's just unfair to you. (laughs) Tuning in to hear a word, a good word from God. You and I, we could spend all day trying to figure out what made this man unclean. What happened in his past to make him paranoid? Who attacked him to make him afraid? What's at stake that he feels this need to go head to head with Jesus for control? We don't have to figure all that out. We don't have to figure all that out for the man, which is good because we really don't have enough information about him to do so. We are responsible, however, for figuring it out for ourselves, in ourselves. When we are still and silent, what surfaces for us? What anxiety comes for a visit? What paranoia? What desire for control? We all have these things that come visit us from time to time. We recognize them when it feels as though there's a war within us. You know, when there's restlessness keeping us from sleep, when we find cause to question everyone and everything around us, that thing that keeps us from building and enjoying trusting relationships with others, it's those things that Jesus wishes to rid us of so that we can be with him. I have friends who have named their demons or their energies. They're presenting emotions that get in the way of showing up to situations the way that they want to show up. They name these things with real names like Phyllis and Bob. Naming the anxiety or the addiction has helped them create a boundary between that energy and who they are as children created by God. So inspired by some of my friends, I thought about naming some of my own negative energy this week, but I realized that it's kind of like naming a hurricane, you know? Like how how fair is that to anyone with those names? Like I'm talking about you, Matthew and Hugo. It doesn't seem fair. 
I also realized writing this sermon about talking about our negative spirits, these demons, it gets really dangerous when we begin to talk to each other about it. For centuries, the church following Jesus has wanted to name sin and condemn it. And though we have a voice and the need to condemn evil when we see it in the world, I've seen, y'all, I've seen more often than not how a church can quickly condemn a person attached to a sin and push them away. Like somehow we are not able to do what Jesus does, which is to love the person before us. Like somehow we can't create the boundary between whatever that presenting emotion is and see beyond it to the beauty in the person God has created. That's why I feel like at the very least, we have to begin this work as personal work, internal work, the the personal work that we do each time we share in confession and hear words of forgiveness, the personal work that we do when we take responsibility for our words and for our actions, the personal work we do when we get to that point where we ask God, we ask Jesus to help us remember that we are more than whatever pressing emotion or unclean spirit is bothering us. The unclean spirit with this man knows who Jesus is. In fact, this spirit is the first, the first thing or person that names Jesus as the Son of God. The spirit, the unclean Evil spirit does it before any one of Jesus' disciples. And this gives me hope. It gives me hope because it tells me that whatever we are experiencing, whatever spirit is with us, it knows its place with regard to our Savior. It knows that with Jesus, we are stronger than it will ever be. And with Jesus leading our life, it can be taken away. I don't, I don't know about you, but the times when I've tried to tell my anxiety to shut up, it tends to react with like an equal and opposite reaction to me. It needs to be heard. And I need to listen to it, acknowledge it. And Jesus then saves me from it. It's the reason I need my Savior In the next few weeks, as we explore this theme of evil, Lucas and I are going to be preaching on it. And as we explore this theme of evil, we must remember that if nothing else, if you remember nothing else, remember that Jesus is concerned with all the things that affect us. Jesus is concerned with every burden that rests heavy on the human spirit, anything that keeps us from sleeping, anything that makes us at war within ourselves or at war with one another, especially the things that keep us from him. Know that whatever is taking up energy in you today, whatever comes to visit you when you get silent and still, whatever fills you with fear, whatever distracts you from the personal work you need to do, you are greater than that energy. It does not own you. You are not alone. You have something more powerful in you with Jesus. And Jesus ain't scared, y'all. Amen.
So Don, normally we do confession and assurance of pardon before the sermon, but today I thought it was powerful to hear your sermon first. 
Ooh, Lucas, switching things up. That's very downtown church of you, buddy. Wait, so we're doing confession and forgiveness now. Yeah, um, it gives us a chance to kind of reframe our own confessions in light of what you just told us, in light of Jesus mm-hmm. who calls out our unclean spirits and wants to be with us. So, so what are you praying for today, Dawn? Mm. I am praying for um, Beirut. Yeah, I'm praying for Beirut. Uh, and I've also just got a few church members heavy on my heart who are um, waiting for medical diagnosis or, um, yeah, waiting on medical technology to catch up with what whatever's ailing them. Mm. How about you, buddy? What you praying for? I just think there's still this overwhelming sense of uncertainty in the world. And... Um, powerlessness and hopelessness and exhaustion. Um, I feel that in myself. I feel that in people who walk all sorts of walks of lives. So I am just praying for the world and praying for the leaders and yeah, praying that we all might um, learn to care for one another better in Mm. this situation. Mm. But I think I've got a lot more to pray about too after hearing your sermon. Yeah, we got to pray for... uh... I think it hit me, the reality of um, what's keeping people up at night, you know? And I think we talk in, like, platitudes of all that's going on in the world or, you know, the pandemic. But, like, there's some stuff that's just front center in our own hearts, you know, our own minds that are that's, like, tormenting us. Um, and then even within relationships, too, that are really keeping us from have an honest conversation or intimacy or like real love passed between each other you know I think so often we hide from all of that with work and social outings and trips and you know when some of that's off the table uh those those spirits they're they're present so I'm I'm praying for myself I'm praying for you <laughs> I'm praying for all of the people that we know and love who are are really struggling right now that's a good word so with that, let's, let's go to God in prayer. God, we mess up. We mess up a lot. We let our fleeting feelings, the unclean spirits of the world, control us. We give power to greed, insecurity, and jealousy. We let them steer the course of our lives. God, forgive us of our failings and empower us to be steered instead by your grace, your love, and your radical hospitality. Crucified God of the cross who stood alongside those who hurt, we pray for all those who are hurting. Near and far, God. All those facing injustice, loss, and pain. For those suffering alone in hospital rooms, for those missing family members and loved ones. For those in Beirut and cities all over the world struck by tragedy, violence, and famine. Yet God... Crucifixion did not speak last. The last word was hope. The last action was resurrection. Resurrect the aspects of our lives that feel dead. Give us the hope to see that within the chaos, darkness, and uncertainty of the world, we can look forward to knowing that you go before us. Enable us to see your face in all people, especially those who do not look like we do. Comfort this frightened world, my God and spur us to do the same. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
And now for the benediction. Jesus ain't scared, y'all. And he is attentive to us. So don't be scared of what surfaces in you. Name it. Then ask Jesus to help you let it go. God's got you. God's got you. Amen. Special thanks to our technical team and artists of all forms. Musical composition brought to you by Sean Thompson. Audio mastery by Drew Parker. Lyrics to Sun Little's Demon to the Dark, reimagined and brought to life by Lindsay Blair Simmons. The African American Spiritual, Just a Closer Walk, brought to you by Max Stidham and Travis Wright. Scripture quoted from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. Theological Musings and Prayers, brought to you by Lucas Jones and Don Hyde. <laughs> Just a closer walk with thee. Just a closer walk. Just a closer walk. I don't know the other words. Other words. No, the other words. We can't <laughs> sing at all. It's true. Not true. It's true. It's true. That's why we say to our musicians, thank Time for you. you. Thank you. <laughs>